Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back in. Nuana is now your one-stop shop for all things sports across the great state of Montana every single weekday right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. Mike Nugent, the Nuge from the Grizz Fan Pod, joining me here on Nuana's Now. I'm Coulter Nuana's. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, talk Grizz quarterbacks, talk 49ers quarterbacks, and talk new Lady Grizz head coach. All of that available on the podcast. Find that on 1029ESPN.com by clicking on the podcast tab or just by searching N-U-A-N-E-Z on any of your podcasting platforms. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Podcast is presented by Sportsbet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. If you want to give us a call or shoot us a text, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. Going to talk Grizz Portland State here, and then we're going to talk a little Bobcat football as well here from Troy Anderson and Bobby Houck within the next hour. So I uh, hope you are ready to enjoy yourself a little bit. Coach Houck was pretty funny at the postgame, or I, get the, I guess the uh, the early week press conference this week, and uh, so we'll share a couple bits from that. But, Mike, Portland State at Washington Grizzly Stadium, 11 a.m. tomorrow. What do you think of the 11 a.m. kick? I think that UM knows their fan base really well and is starting at 11 a.m. so people don't come and tailgate. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's I, I think they were wise to recognize, and it's probably working. <laughs> no question. It'll be interesting to see how the first tailgates, if they're going full capacity, 
They're gonna have to have three times the security for the first uh, first couple home games there. Assuming we still have restrictions, let's think right. positive. Right. No. No question. Get your shots. Everybody, get your shots. <laughs> um, Portland State coming to town. Portland State is not on the Grizz schedule next fall. Uh, I think Portland State's darn good, though. I think that they uh, are going to have an above-average offensive line, a really good defensive line. The defensive scheme, the flex that they run, uh, Payet Sadam, who's been in the big sky on and off for many, many years, I guess sort of. He was at Cal Poly forever, and they were always playing the Grizz. Uh, But uh, they have good coaches, and I think they have good players, and I think that it's going to be a good game. So here's the thing. You you think they're going to be in the top five. Coach Houck thinks they're going to be in the top four. Yep. Going to next year. You both have stirred a lot of debate amongst the Big Sky Podcast Network hosts Ooh. who all feel that Hauk is blowing smoke and they don't understand what you're thinking. Who so do they think is going to be better? Uh, UM, Weber, Eastern, not, Davis, MSU. Not uh, So here's here would be my preseason poll coming into this next fall. Weber State, one. Montana, two. Montana State, three. Depending on where Eric Berrier is playing... Maybe Eastern Washington, but I think I'd still vote Portland State for Eastern Washington. Wow. I am not on Eastern Washington, man. I I think that I I covered it from such a close proximity that I... I can just see how much their talent has regressed. I mean, Chris Ojo, their best defensive players into the portal. Uh, they had multiple assistant coaches leaving during this spring ball. There's a lot of unrest I'm hearing within the program. Into the portal when they still have a shot at the playoffs. That's exactly like, right. That's crazy. That's exactly right. And, I mean, I've just heard a lot of people speculating and talking, people that have been around the program, that Eric Berrier uh, is, at the very least, going to at least think about exploring other options this summer. I mean, he is really freaking good. So I think yeah. he could go to a lot of places. Um and then there's just the, the unrest that is exists in their athletic department right now, too. I mean, the, the, frankly, they're just kind of falling apart. And you just wonder how much of that just infiltrates just the, you know, toxic, the wrong word, but a stressful uh, situation. Yeah, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to infiltrate some things. Here, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. Eric Berry is at Eastern Washington and Portland State. So let's say Eastern Washington and Portland State play each other, which they will. That's a rivalry game. They'll play the last game of the year next fall, I believe, for the damn cup. Uh I would say that I would put Eastern Washington as a two-point favorite in that game, maybe two and a half. Interesting. I think I just think that people don't understand that Portland State has a lot of talent in the non-sexy positions. They're really good on the defensive line. I mean, this will be one of the better defensive fronts that Montana faces during the 2021 calendar year, and they're also pretty good on the offensive line. They're going to be really good offensively, though, because they have a fifth-year senior who's a four-year starter in Davis Alexander at quarterback. I think he's definitively the second-best quarterback in the league, at least as of right now, because so many of these other guys are completely unproven. They the, Here's the other thing that I think that most people in the Big Sky Conference don't understand. So Big Sky uh, Podcast Network guys, remember this. Darian Chase was the number one recruit in the Northwestern United States. He was a top 100 recruit in the country coming out of high school. He's from Vancouver, Washington. He went to Nebraska, and he spent uh, a redshirt year there, and then his redshirt freshman year there, and now he's back at Portland State. But this was this guy was a four-star recruit, and he's a really, really talented player. My buddy Parker Gabriel, who used to work at the Bozeman Chronicle, he's now the beat writer for Nebraska for the Lincoln Paper, and he said that he'll be one of the three best receivers in the league day one. He's he's really, really talented. They have a couple other guys uh, at uh, receiver that are talented. And, you know, here's the thing with Portland State. They always have a, a little bit of a struggle with depth. And 
it's it's been up and down how they are defensively. But since Bo- Coach Barnum's been there, whether it was as six seasons as the offensive coordinator for Nigel Burton or six seasons as the head coach, their offenses have been at the baseline, above average, and sometimes very good. I mean, they were in the top 10 in the country in points per game and um, yards per game the last two seasons under Coach Burton. They were just terrible when Barton was the OC, but they were just terrible defensively. So um, I think that Coach Barnum, he broke down and remade their entire recruiting philosophy. They are significantly less transfer heavy, and he's been bringing in four-year guys out of high school. And now this is the team where they have to prove that that works. But he has, you know, that five-year, fifth-year senior at quarterback. He has multiple guys on the fronts uh, that have a lot of uh, they have a lot of experience and not just talent. And I think that the, the funky defense too, uh, I think that gives them a little bit of advantage as well. So I, I don't know. I think they're a dark horse for the playoffs. Interesting. So we should definitely, you should definitely clip this so that we can all, uh, you know, share it and talk about oh, certainly. it uh, on, on the social media. But, uh, you know, we do another show, Big Sky Big Takes, where just various, uh, you know, somebody who represents different schools talks about Big Sky Conference every week. And uh, we were asked this week what our, kind of one bold prediction would be. And my bold prediction is that Weber's not going to make the playoffs next year. Wow. So I certainly could be wrong because I think they're one of the best teams in the league and I'm going to think that going into the season. But I think Weber needs to figure out their offense because you look at this this spring season for Weber State and they they didn't wow anybody, right? I mean, their average margin of victory sure. is like seven points, which is their game. That's the game they play. But at some point, year after year after year, teams catch up to that, and you've got to pair, you've got to find an offense to pair with that. Yes. And if they don't figure out the offense next year in a full regular season, I think it's going to hurt morale. I think it's going to hurt a bunch of things because that pressure of the defense carrying this year after year after year—that's just my outside thought. Could be completely wrong, but that's my thought. Nuana is now one two nine ESPN Missoula Statewide TV SWX Montana Television. Uh, the, you want to know the most underrated entry in the transfer portal over the last uh, during this COVID uh, stretch? Trey Tuttle. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ryan. Weber yeah. State's kicker. Trey Tuttle would have an outside shot at being the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Big Sky Conference. He was a two-time All-American and a three-time All-Conference guy. I mean, he, he made like 70-plus field goals in his first three years at Weber. And, I mean, he if they're only averaging... 26 to 29 points per game. He's getting like nine of them. So uh, I think that's a big loss for Weber State as well. I, I, I think that the margin of victory is overplayed on the Weber State side of things, though, because that's, that's just what, that's just what yep. they do, man. Yep. Like 17 to 10 in the rain last year is Jay Hill's dream come true when yep. they beat the Grizzlies. Yeah, and the whole idea of the segment is, you know, be bold and say something outrageous. So I'm not, totally. I'm not saying that it's, you know, gospel. <laughs> no question. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to hear from Bobby Houck on Portland State. All right. And then we will continue to give you the uh, inside look at this game. Uh, yeah, Bobby, you know, this last week for spring football for you, and, you know, it's another game week, which is kind of cool. So um, I guess what are your ex- expectations? Do you think things, maybe some kinks from last week, going to be a little bit more smooth this week in terms of prep and everything? Uh, you know, our guys have been pretty tuned in. So you know, the preparation's been good. I mean, anytime you play a game there's things to correct and clean up and work on uh, I don't know that we've ever come out of a game and said hey we've arrived so we'll be back to work today and, and through the week and hopefully have a, a good performance Saturday watching the film uh, you know this past couple of days what did you see that you want to work on going into Portland State um, 
I mean, there's all kind there's all kinds of things. I mean, that'd be a a show in itself. But um, you know, we 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 did the, a lot of fundamental things well. We tackled well. We you know we covered kicks well. We uh, we didn't have any real administrative errors in terms of operating the aim. So we just need to keep playing better. We got to play faster. Uh, we're always looking to play more physical. But, uh, you know, it was pretty good for a first game. Now that you got a chance to kind of watch film and everything, especially kind of on that offensive side of the ball, you know, a couple of those drives stalled in the red zone. Um, where do you see some of those areas kind of cleaning up? Do you think maybe some of that was just rust in general? Um, well, I think it was more about the preparation. And a lot of times you can be dialed in on what somebody's going to do. And... You know, Saturday they did a good job. Their X's and O's were good. I thought, particularly in that part of the field, they gave us some things we didn't expect, and we didn't handle it real well early in the game. When it comes to a team like Portland State now, a team you're familiar with, coaching staff you're familiar with, um, is that preparation different than Central Washington just because this is a program you've seen more recently? Uh, yeah, we know them better. Uh, we know their personnel better, even though it's been a while since we played, but. Uh, you know, we we have a better handle on what they've got and what they do for sure. Preempt this with I know it's a game and I know they keep score and I know the point is to win. But with playing Portland State, you know, in the fall as well, is there anything that you're holding they're not they we don't have them in the fall. You don't. Well, That's why we scheduled them in the spring. <laughs> that was, you know what's funny is you asked me a question: What went into scheduling these games? Yeah, that was something I left out. That was part of the deal. We we wanted to find uh, some teams that we didn't play in the fall. Perfect. So there you go. Fantastic. Cool. The, the chance to get a, a, a you know work on some of the stuff you saw from the first game is that the biggest benefit to playing two games in the spring as opposed to just one? Uh, yeah, I mean you know we didn't really think that playing a full schedule was a, a good deal, and what's the the right number was probably the real question, and two to three was what we thought. And so a, a, another competition will be good for us for a lot of reasons. I mean, you get better by playing, um, learn how to play in a game, gauging yourself against a conference opponent, all those things will be good for us. Bobby Houck, part one. We'll share a little bit more Coach Houck here uh, in just a quick minute. The Grizz open 17.5-point favorites. That line has since moved to 18.5. So the Grizz are 18.5-point favorites. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. I want to clarify that in my preseason poll, I'm going to vote the Cats above the Grizz. Interesting. So just, you know, just for the sake of it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, to, to this is why I love doing this. I love covering this. I love... Um, I love the. I love. I've always loved the the controversy that can be stirred from anything I write or talk about. But I do love the live element of this. The fact that I can get text messages on my phone lighting me up for things I say in real time. It's uh, it's pretty fun. But uh, loyal listener and uh, watcher out there, yeah, he, he's giving me a little grief. He says, "How the hell are you going to vote the cats above the Grizz?" Uh, after a 48-14 butt whooping, plus Troy Anderson, Isaiah Fonse back healthy, and uh, here's the thing: I, I I think that the the Grizz have a, a lot of talent in a lot of different spots. I, I saw a very deep. T 
team that's bought into the systems that they're running. Uh, I know that last week there's against a Division II opponent to be sure, but uh, I, I'm just I'm a little bit hesitant on what I was watching in Bozeman. I've only watched one practice. I will admit that. I'm going to go over and watch more. And I'm not ready. I mean, I'm not signaling for any sort of SOS or anything like that. I just think it's going to be a massive adjustment for the Cats under Brent Vegan. If you if you disagree with that, you're flat wrong because Jeff Choate. Because that's true for any coach. It's true for any coach, but Jeff Choate is one of the most transcendently and naturally energetic people I've ever been around. It was to his detriment sometimes because he's so wound up all the time. But if you are used to playing for him and used to playing that style and stuff like that. I mean, their practices were used to be so high energy and crazy, and, and I just didn't see that same tactic going on there. And again, that's not good or bad. There's a lot of calm, steady coaches that can win a lot of games. It's just going to be a big adjustment for them. So I'm just, I'm so interested to see. I think that they're going to have some players that defect in the offseason. That's natural with any coaching change, but I, just, I think that there will be some guys that uh, this, this style is not necessarily what they signed up for or used to. And I think that um, I think that, I mean again. I, here's the thing. That's how I vote my preseason poll. But I actually think the Cats and the Grizz are the two best teams in the conference. And I think we haven't had that in a long time. But I do think that they have the the most uh, depth. I think they have the most talent across the board. I'm just so interested to see can Troy Anderson endure moving to the inside playing Will linebacker. I know he's tough. I know he's athletic. He's one of my favorite players I've ever covered. But it's a huge adjustment to go play inside linebacker at the Division One level when you've never played that spot and you're in your fifth year of college. It, it, no, no matter how transcendent an athlete you are, he's going to be taking guards, pulling guards head up. He's going to be, you know, the will linebacker, the run fit, the guy cuts back right into you. So you're getting hammered all the time. Again, Troy Anderson can handle it because he is an NFL caliber athlete. But what's the wear and tear due to his body? How healthy can he get by the season? I, th- I think he'll be there. But there's so many guys during this COVID year that benefited from the COVID in terms of being able to get back healthy. Well, Troy Anderson, we're going to get into this here in about 15 minutes because I do have an interview with him as well. But Troy Anderson, first and foremost, got misdiagnosed after last season about what the injury he had was. They said it was going to heal naturally. Three or four months later, they told him it wasn't. He needed surgery. So he gets a surgery scheduled. And while he's on his way down to see a specialist in Colorado, an avalanche closes the highway while he's with his mom, and they have to turn around and drive back to Dillon. So the surgery gets rescheduled, and then by the time the surgery was about to happen, COVID hit, so there was no, uh, quote-unquote, elective surgeries allowed to be had. So Troy Anderson didn't get his surgery done for months and months. I mean, a six- or seven-month deal. So when it's a surgery that takes about nine to to 12 months to rehab from, and you didn't have it until seven or eight months after you needed it, you're all the way behind. So like on when I was watching Montana State practice, he's not going full. He does the individual stuff and all that, but he's still wearing a big brace. He's not wearing pads on his on his lower body. He's only wearing his shorts. So I mean again, we're gonna get into some of the Bobcat stuff here in about 15 minutes, but I, I just I think that I think Montana State has the best offensive line in the league. That in itself gives you a chance to win a conference championship. I think personnel wise, they have the best front seven talent wise in the league but they're running a completely different defense. So every guy is changing positions. Troy Anderson is a natural born and bred Sam linebacker in a 3-4 defense, coming off the edge, blitzing, getting pressure on the quarterback, while also then being able to bump out, guarding a slot receiver, guarding the tight end. He's ready-made for it. Daniel Hardy is also that same mold of guy. Amandre Williams is a natural born buck. All those guys are playing different positions. Amandre Williams has his hand in the dirt. I'm not saying they can't do it. It's just a... 
it, it's harder than you think to be able to just change positions going into your last season of college football, and every guy on the front seven is going to have to. So, again, I think Montana State, talent-wise, is going to have the best personnel to run the football in the Big Sky and maybe in the entire Western FCS, maybe in the entire FCS. I think their offensive line is that good. I think their running backs are that good. And I think that if they find a, a mobile quarterback, that adds a whole new element to it. I think that their defensive front's going to be good. I think their secondary has potential to be good. All of that is to say, it's just a ton of change because it's not just the head coaching change. It's not just the energy change. It's not just the scheme change. you got guys that are straight up changing to different positions going into their final year of college football. And again, they can do it. How long does it take for them to be elite at it? Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide TV, SWX Montana Television. Back to this Grizz-Portland State matchup. I think that, uh, so I guess, Mike, how much stock do you put in these last two times these two teams have played in terms of uh, predictive results this weekend? Two years ago, Portland State, they had Dalton Sneed. I guess this was two seasons ago, so three years ago, 2018. They had Dalton Sneed all out of sorts. He looked, it was the worst first half of his entire Grizz career. And Portland State ended up winning on a 52-yard field goal at the buzzer. I think it was their first win in Missoula in like 25-plus years. The... 2019 game, Samari Torre had his best game in, up until then the playoff game where he broke Randy Moss's record, but until that point, uh, Torre had like 175 receiving, three touchdowns, and Montana won 38-23. So do you put any stock of those two results in terms of uh, predicting this game? Yeah, because I think that it shows, just like we were talking about with the Cats and Vegan this year, that 2018 game was year one. Like The coaches would even tell you, if you went and looked at film of that game versus like last week, the the, the players, the depth, the understanding of the system, it's so far advanced in season three yeah. than it was in the first few weeks of season one. Like, so right. far advanced. Right. And then you see in season two, they kind of figured it out. Now, I would argue that, that Dalton Seed was a tremendous athlete and a very good quarterback, not the best peer passer. So he probably was more susceptible to kind of getting confused by coverage there. Sure. And that was weird. And that made well, so the Weber State game. So much of the bit. flex, too, is that you can't really run the zone read against it. Yeah. You take that element out for Sneed, that's so much of that's his so brilliance. much of his game. So that's like, I think that that's kind of a, that's, that was kind of a, you know, everyone's got their, their strengths and weaknesses against certain teams, and that one was maybe more his. But I think it's very telling, and I'll be real curious to watch how this goes because, you know, in theory, in 2019, Cam started against Portland State right. and the Grizz beat him. Arguably one of his better games. I mean, this he is, threw for 335 yards and three and four touchdowns. This is a better roster. I mean, Cam, Ture, you could argue those two are interchangeable um, in this scenario, and the rest of the roster is, you know, I think it's improved. So I think we can take a lot from it. I think it'll be very telling to see how the Grizz come out and do. What do you hope? The, I guess to me, I think that what the Grizz have done is the ideal way to navigate the spring. If these rules are replicated, if you can get 29 practices that include two game week practices and play two opponents that are not yourself, then I think that should be the spring ball mold for oh, I, everybody. I am so in moving on this. forward. Like, and th- think of the money. But, but here's here's the thing. I was talking to Ty Palmer, former Grizz receiver, about this though, and he was saying. You have to have two games against other opponents to justify the 29 spring practices. Because if you have, if you're trying to double your spring practices for just one game, 
that's miserable. The players are going to hate it. Yeah. The reason that it's good is because you can practice for two weeks, and then like about ten of those twenty nine practices are game week practices. So they're not quite as stringent as you know the actual spring ball. But stuff. I mean, I think there's there's precedent for this in other NCAA sports. Softball plays fall and spring. Sometimes soccer plays fall and spring. Sometimes it's not unheard of. Um, I also think that 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 two games gives an opportunity to get so many people reps on how to build and how to correct things from game one to game two. But I also think you talk about like money issues and things like that with a lot of schools. Eastern Washington, like this would benefit a program like Eastern Washington. No question. Because they could go do two spring body bag games right. and be like UW's body bag game and Oregon's body bag game sure. if they wanted to. And make $1.5 million. Yeah, and then have a normal fall schedule. I mean, uh, to me, this is a win-win. And I actually think the players would probably go for it. Because I think if you said we're increasing the practices by X number, but you get two games out of it, that you get to count and build your stats, you know, stuff like that. I, I think they're for it. I am all in on this spring schedule. I totally agree. I'm fully with you. I think, And I think that Montana and Portland State are going to come out of this thing smelling like a rose. I also think the fact that the Cats aren't playing this specific situation is is actually smart for them it's as good well. For them. I mean, that'd be real tough to come in and have a new coach in February and be playing in, in you know, April. No question. We have some more from Bobby Alk, but I don't, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm wanting to move on a little bit. So right. that's what we're right. going to do. We're going to keep talking about the game tomorrow as well as keep talking about the other side of the Continental Divide. The Bobcats are into their a fifth of six weeks of spring ball. They will wrap up spring ball, a couple of practices, and then the Sunny Holland spring game next Saturday. So eight days away uh, for the uh, for the Sunny Holland spring game that will uh, close out Bobcat spring ball. So we're going to talk Bobcat spring ball, Grizz spring game, and Troy Anderson right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Hello, everybody. Welcome back in. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SABX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuana. Mike Nugent sitting in with me. Want to shoot us a text? Give us a call. 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. So, last fall, we did a 25-part podcast series commemorating the 95 national championship team from the University of Montana. 25th anniversary, silver anniversary for the Grizz, their first national championship run. We had then a painting commissioned for this podcast series. The painting was made by Ryan Bagley, former Grizz wide receiver, Great Falls, Montana native. I guess actually Dutton, Montana. We'll be fair. Give a small town a shout out, but went to Great Falls CMR. 
as did Dave Dickinson, who was a part of this painting. Don Reed, uh, legendary Grizz head coach, and Andy Larson, the young man who hit the uh, field goal to lift Montana to the 22-20 victory over Marshall in that 1AA National Championship game. This painting, if you're watching on TV, you can see it. If you are not and you're listening on the radio, uh, all three of those legendary Grizz figures are set at the base of Mount Sentinel. There's also the NCAA goalpost, a picture of Main Hall, the spitting Grizzly, some Grizz script, uh, the stadium in Huntington, West Virginia, which was actually Marshall's home stadium that the Grizz won on, and all sorts of other good stuff. Super cool painting, super cool piece of art. If you don't win this contest, we're about to give away the winner right now, but if you don't win, you can go buy yourself a print or a poster or a t-shirt or a sweatshirt of this great print. All you have to do is go to rbagley3.com. That's rbagley3.com. I'm also, I also got some cute code cards made, so I'll be uh, passing those around throughout the next couple months as well, and that'll take you to the website as well. So if you want a super sweet present for the Grizz fan or the football fan in your life, go to rbagley3.com. But I initially prompted this giveaway for this painting, which, by the way, is also custom framed from our friends down at Frame of Mind. And uh, so that makes this thing close to about a $700 value. So this is a pretty good prize. I got it here. I'm holding it up for you watching on TV. But I initially prompted the contest. I told you all to write me an essay. I told you to write me just a short one, a couple paragraphs, about your favorite football memory in Montana. It didn't have to be about the University of Montana. could have been about high school football, youth football, whatever. Uh, but... Only a couple of you guys actually wrote the essay. So we pared it down to being comments and, and interactions on social media. That's more your guys' style. About 350 entries in that form or fashion. So thank you for all of those. That was great. But, and not to be uh, not to be biased towards the person that followed the initial instructions, but I have to because not only was uh, his the best and uh, most well-written of the essays, it was also super funny. So... Our winner for this painting, and this is not because he also, in fact, is a former Grizz player, but uh, he didn't have much glory while he was being the long snapper that preceded the most famous long snapper in Grizz history, only because of Mike and the Grizz fan pod and uh, Matt O'Donohue. But Aaron Held, former Grizz long snapper, wrote a phenomenal essay, and uh, I was laughing the whole time reading it. And so, Aaron, congratulations to you. Great job. You are the winner of this painting. I'll be, figure out a way to track you down, figure out a way to track down your address. Maybe you can swing by the studio and check it out. But congratulations to you. You are now the new owner of Grizz Greats, the 95 National Championship painting. And we'll get a hold of you. Awesome. You know, you speak too soon. Uh, uh, Luke, one of the three Grizz fan podcast sure. hosts, Actually, uh, Aaron went through their program, so he knew him a little bit. So I think Aaron might actually be Luke's favorite Grizzly long. Oh, okay. The other okay. two are still OD, but you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be on the record as, as locking everybody in there. Gotta love it. Congratulations to Aaron, and thank you so much to all you everybody else out there as well. Uh, maybe I'll track down a couple of the other runner-ups and uh, get you. Little desperado gift card or something of the of the like. We always got good stuff for you here uh, at Nuanez now. So what do you think? You want to talk more more Grizz stuff? Or you want to talk more Bobcat stuff? You know, I actually would love to hear you talk about Bobcats a little bit. I, I um, okay. I, you know, I, w- I want to hear more about what you think about that. Well, so we we have I, I have like I said, I've, I admittedly have only been to one practice, but I have had a chance actually to sit down with. This is actually funny. I uh, I sat down with Brent Vegan three times in his office already, and. Um, 
Choate used to be really good at, uh, you know, about giving me time in terms of coming on this show or calling me or, um, you know, facilitating most of the stuff I ever needed. But he was oftentimes not really in his office ever when I was around there. So I only ever went to Choate's office like three or four times in the four or five years. So I've actually already been in Vegan's office more times than, than uh, about, I mean, about equal amount of time. So regardless, um, I think that Brent Vegan obviously knows how to have success at the FCS level. He was on Craig Bull's staff. Craig Bull is one of the great coaches in the history of this subdivision. He took North Dakota State from uh, a Division II school to a fledgling Great West Conference member to one of the founding members of the Missouri Football Conference to then a, a couple undefeated seasons and three consecutive national championship games. National championship wins, excuse me. The, the system is replicable at Montana State, I do believe. But how long does it take for the personality changeover to set in? And so I think that, uh, I mean, that's, that's a big question mark for sure. Here's the thing about Coach Cho. One, he got his teams to win with just pure intensity about as much as any coach I'd ever covered. That said, he had a lot of drawbacks. They almost had to win with intensity. If they ever had games where they didn't bring the energy, they didn't have execution to fall back on because they didn't have a quarterback who could throw. Absolutely. I think that if there's anything, you know, we talk about teams transitioning and maybe taking a step back before they take a step forward with a new coach and stuff like that. Um, but if, if Vegan can hold the defense, which I don't see why that would change very much, and they can get some organization and some positive steps on offense they might be better than than you or I are giving them credit for. So th- here's my... I know that I have been um, sort of hesitantly critical of what I saw in terms of the intangible elements of the practice that I watched. I thought that there was... I, I wrote it in my, in my recap of that practice. Uh, they had a, a portion of it. They did a scrimmage, like a little 60-play scrimmage during that time. And during that time, they had this series where they threw three touchdown passes in the span of about five minutes. And I haven't seen them throw three touchdown passes in the span of a game, let alone in the span that, that quickly uh, in quite some time. It wasn't the priority of the offensive scheme that they were running. But on the third one, Willie Patterson caught it. It was a great catch, and, and he was celebrating the end zone. A couple of his guys were there, but a couple of the, like most of the offensive line hadn't run down and celebrated with them. And the coaches were getting after him. Go down there and do that. But it's not as if those guys don't know how to celebrate. I just think that the expectation for that high level of just exuberance all the time isn't necessarily there. So they're adjusting to that element of things. That said, though, from a positive side of this thing, the offensive stuff that they were running was much, much more, uh, how do you even say? Advanced. Rational, advanced. Yeah. <laughs> like Here's the thing about Montana State's offense the last couple of years. It actually was incredibly advanced in the pre-snap stuff because that was what they became to have their trademark. Mm-hmm. We're going to go all sorts of crazy motions, different personnel. I mean, they had like 27. So you say advanced. I could say gimmicky. Sure. Like, sure. You know, because they have an, well, awesome, also, they had an offense off, awesome offensive line and still right. do. Sure. And, you know, I mean, the traditional offense lining up and kicking people's butts. Like, I, I don't know. You, I, I'll be interested to see. You can be so. I guess. I guess. I agree with you because it's not diverse. That's the wrong way of saying it. I also don't think it's gimmicky either. I think that their offense was. Um, it was so. They had so many different ball. So many different guys that could carry the ball. 
that that in itself was uh, such a weapon for them. Because now when you do all the, the pre-snap window dressing and you have all these pre-snap motions and things like that, if the guy that's running the jet sweep really can touch the ball and he has a completely different skill set athleticism-wise and you have that many guys that can do it, it, it's not the complexity of the scheme. It's the complexity of the personnel. And so that's why Montana was was tough to slow down. The other thing I thought, though, just in terms of the stuff they run on offense, I don't want to be too revelatory because I, I want to continue to watch these guys. I'll have, I, once it's in a scrimmage situation, then I feel more comfortable at, like, about truly revealing scheme. But I'm not trying to tell the world what they're specifically running. But they had a lot more uh, personnel packages you know, They're running a lot more multiple tight end sets and a lot more you know, trips to the wide side of the field, all that sort of stuff. Thought that their uh, offensive acumen just across the board is just going to be increased. But the other thing I noticed was that, and this this has been true at Montana State the last couple of years too, though, because they run the ball for 70% of their offensive yardage and 75% of their offensive touchdowns are scored on the ground, that I think there's a misperception that they don't have a lot of talent at the skill positions. Everybody knows about the running backs, and everybody knows about Troy Anderson. Everybody knows about Travis Johnson being like this wildcat hybrid quarterback. Kevin Cass is doing the same thing. But here's the thing. I, I saw about half a dozen receivers that could really play. They've done a good job recruiting receivers. We just never got a chance to see those the guys. They never throw them the ball. Right, and they also have a bunch of really talented tight ends. I mean, Ryan Davis is going to – Ryan Davis and Billy Scavio, he is going to be a fourth-year uh, starter this year, and he still has not caught a pass. And I guarantee you that, that what I've said has offended some some cat fans so far. But I also think in the back of their head, what you and I just said, they they know to be true. Like for sure, you know, it's like we we they being them, I guess, need to be better at getting the ball to the playmakers on offense through the air, in addition to taking advantage of their running game. And that's the whole thing is I'm giving so much credit. I I, I want this to be complimentary, but. Jeff Choate's whole thought was, if I don't have to run the ball, or if I don't have to throw the ball, if I can run the ball for 400 yards a game, why would I even throw the ball? Mm-hmm. I, on one hand, I love it. I think that that's awesome. But on the other hand, it does limit you once you get to the upper echelon of it, opponents. It'll get you about as far as they went in your best year, but it won't win you the national championship. And it's not going to help you beat North Dakota State either, because yeah. North Dakota State... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you have to be able to... Like, you, in today's college football, you have to be able to throw the ball. Which, which again, going back to Weber too. I just to get where you want to go to take that next step, you got to be able to throw the ball. New Orleans now one hundred two nine ESPN Missoula statewide television SWX Montana TV. Again, on the, on the defensive side of the ball for the Bobcats, I do think that the talent is tremendous. I think Chase Benson's the best interior defensive lineman in the league. I think Amandre Williams is one of the best edge players in the league. So is Troy Anderson. I think that uh, Callahan O'Reilly, Michael Jobman, Tayden Gilman, Noah Askelson, I think they have good inside linebackers. All those guys, I don't think they're necessarily like All-Americans or even you know first or second team All-Conference guys, but they are good players. They, they all are solid and they've played. They have experience. On the back end, they do have to replace their safeties, but Jeffrey Manning, the kid from Oregon State, is pretty good. I think it's interesting that there's three guys from Oregon State in the state of Montana, two from Montana and one from Montana State, that all look pretty darn good. Like, why would an Oregon State let those guys play? They seem like they're per- they're pretty functional. But regardless, I do think that the Cats will be... Uh, the, the secondary is the biggest question mark defensively, but I do think that they have um, an opportunity to be pretty good on defense if they can absorb the new scheme. But to me, the number one guy that's going to be the key to all of this defensively is Troy Anderson. 
Jackson. Caught up with Troy a couple weeks ago. Been saving this for a little while. But here's just a portion of it. He was about a 15-minute press conference. He talked a lot about his injury and his rehab. But I just wanted to talk to him about the coaching change and the dynamic of his team. Montana State fifth-year senior and Dylan Montana native Troy Anderson here on Nuanas Now. We haven't absolutely heard from you since the coaching change happened. So what was your reaction personally and as a team with the coach show up? Yeah, I mean, everybody was obviously bummed out. We all loved Chode around here. Um, he was our leader, and everybody looked up to him. But, I mean, there's no hard feelings. Obviously, he took a had an opportunity, and he had to take it. And we're all happy for him and excited. Um, yeah, and we're excited for the new guys, new the new staff with Vegan and Coach Banks and the you know, new OC, House Wright, and just all the changes. Like, yeah, it's, it's obviously different and it's new, but it's exciting. Um, kind of a new scenery around here and new schemes and stuff. Everybody feels like a freshman again, learning everything over again. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been good. It's been fairly smooth, and, yeah, we're excited. What did you think about being on the search? What was that experience like? It was good. Um, I mean, it kind of gave me some insight into how, how like, the administrative side works, which was interesting and cool to be a part of. Um, and, I mean, I appreciated the, the opportunity, I guess, to provide input um, that Leon and those guys that took into our account. Did you like the fact that they retained a lot of the assistants, the fact that you guys kind of used to most of the coaching staff already? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that was a, a main thing. I got a few calls after we hired Coach Vegan. And they were like, well, like, what do you think? And I was like, oh, he's a great guy. And they're like, are we keeping all our, our other staffs? And I was like, yeah. For the, I mean, obviously, for the most part, they're all here. And we were, yeah, we were thrilled about that because we all love our position coaches. And, I mean, they've got us to where we've been. Um, they know what we're about here. Our culture and everything that they bring to the table is, is awesome. And so we're, we're happy that they're back. I know you play a lot of position, a lot of position coaches, but uh, what do you think of Bobby Daly so far? I know that we had just the one season out here, but it's been a couple years now with him kind of leaving that linebacker's room. So what do you think of Coach Daly? Oh, I love Coach Daly. I mean, I was with him during 2019, and then I kind of switched over to Coach Ione for a while there, and now I'm back with Coach Daly, and I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be back in that room. Um, he's a great football mind and a great coach, and I think he's, I mean, he's developed great players here, and so. Yeah, I'm excited to be back in that room and to get going again. A lot of assistants obviously both Montana State, but Coach Daly, the fact that he's an All-American player there, I mean, does that add a little extra to it, or what do you think that dynamic is like, the fact that he was a great Montana So Yeah, I mean, I think that that means a lot to the people at Montana State. And being a Montana kid myself, I, I I appreciate that. When it comes to the Cat Grizz game, he, really, he understands it. Um, and, I mean, I think he's one of the – only people on staff that's an alum now, um, so that means a lot. And just being a Montana guy that really understands, you know, where we're coming from, the small town Montana kids, and then also, I mean, he's just he's just a great guy to be around. You can go talk to him about anything, anytime. Um, and I think everybody really appreciates that. So yeah, I love it. Last question for me: I know you'll probably be pretty low on contact this spring, but just from a team perspective, I mean, you guys have been such a physical team the last couple of years. And that's obviously something you have to practice. So how do you balance that when you're confident the bit to hit somebody because you haven't hit anybody in a really long time? But also realizing that it's just, you know, it's your teammates on the other side of the ball, so you don't want to get anybody hurt during the spring practices. Oh, yeah. No, I think and we had our first one. We were in helmets, and it got a little physical even. So everybody's itching to put the pads on and get, get ready to put back to playing some football. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of up to the, the coaches and us to police ourselves to make sure no one's taking any cheap shots or doing anything that they shouldn't be doing. 
because um, we obviously want everybody healthy when we get back to the fall and want to get good work in the spring. But, I mean, fall is our ultimate goal, and so we got to be healthy to get there. So you go, Troy Anderson, All-American. And finally, maybe at home at linebacker. We'll see. It'll be interesting because I, I still think his offensive position in the NFL. I think his his best position in the NFL is at, on offense. But uh, what do Wait, I know? Fullback. I, I think that uh, get the ball in his hands back. Yeah. So like a pass catching tight end. Detroit Anderson has scored like juice for the 49ers? I mean, I'd like it. I, I think that I think Troy Anderson is like. Um, He's like a poor man's... I don't know who he is. Troy Anderson is Chris Van Pod's favorite opposing player in the in the league. Well, how can he not be, man? Yeah. I mean, he's like a he's like a legend. He's like he's a myth as a as a kid, like Just as a, a college hard-working kid. Montana kid. That's right. Yeah, he doesn't even know how gifted he is. He has like no ego because he has no idea that he's just like the the best athlete in the whole entire state. It is. It's, I feel like you might know that now. But he might he might start to be learning it for <laughs> sure. But it'll be interesting to see how Troy Anderson adjusts. And uh, we'll have more Bobcat stuff next week leading up to the spring game. I have a variety of interviews, Bobby Daly and uh, Brent Vegan. We'll share some of those uh, next week on Nuanas. Now, Mike Nugent from the Grizz Fan Pod and my good buddy stopping by to help out today. Nuge, thanks for coming by, man. You bet. Thanks for having me. And uh look forward to being here next week. Next Thursday, Mike will join us as well. So we'll have... Uh, a whole new list of things to rap about and argue about as It'll well. It'll probably be similar. It'll probably be, I mean, probably similar subjects, but yeah. uh, definitely different different takes. I mean, we talk about the Cats and the Grizz football about as much as anything oh, yeah. here. So I'm good. That's how, that's how it always rules. It's been a great week. We'll put a bow on it here on Nuanas Now on 1290 ESPN Missoula right after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Man, Reese killing it back there today for me. Love it. Rise Against. This is also one of my favorite albums of all time. It's good stuff. Sorry if you don't like uh, post-punk heavy metal, but uh, we do here on Nuanez now. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for riding home with us on a Friday. It's been a great week. Really appreciate each and every person that's contributed to this. And it's a little bit tenuous, a little bit of a... Uh, of the unknown when we when we relaunched this show when Ryan Tootel left in December. And um, I can't thank everybody out there enough for listening, first and foremost, but also for those that have contributed. I got quite the, the stable of guest hosts, and there's a lot of talented media people in this city, and it's been really fun uh, to have everybody be a part of the thing. So Riley Corcoran and Sean Rainey, Chris Redpath, Regime Seabrook, Mike Nugent, Brooks Duanez, Kyle Sample, 
I'm sure I'm forgetting all the great coaches uh, and players out there that come on the show as well. Uh, it's been really fun, and uh, the vision that I had for it has, has definitely formed into, into something that I think is pretty cool. I hope that everybody out there uh, really enjoys it, and uh, it's been a hell of a lot of fun doing it as well. So appreciate you guys for spending time with me on your weekend, or your weekday drive home each and every day here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. If you missed anything in the show, Mike Nugent from the Grizz Fan Pod. He was the guest host today, and we talked Raleigh Wooster to Utah, Junior Bergen flipping from the Cats to the Grizz, Chris Brown versus Cam Humphrey. Is there a quarterback controversy in the quarterback battle at the University of Montana? San Francisco 49ers have the number three pick in the draft. Which quarterback should they draft? Brian Holzinger is the new head coach of the Lady Grizz. What are the missing ingredients for the Lady Grizz? And the Grizz football team hosts Portland State. Our takes on all of that. Plus, we also heard from Troy Anderson, Bobby Houck, and uh, much more. If you want to find any of that, you can check it out on the podcast. Just search N-U-A-N-E-Z on any of your podcast hosting platforms. Or, or just head on over to 1029ESPN.com, our station website, 1029ESPN.com, and click on the podcast tab. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. The podcast is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana. The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel and Blackfoot Communications. I'm meeting Coach Holsinger tomorrow morning, so that'll be fun to get to know him a little bit. I won't get to spend much time with him uh, because we're, I'm going to have to make my way over to Washington Grizz for the uh, football game, of course. But to be fun to sit down with Coach Holsinger for just a little while. So we'll have that on Monday's show as well as full recap of the Grizz game and a preview of the Bobcat spring game, uh, which will take place next Saturday. Right, Corcoran will not be here on Monday and Tuesday. Sean Rainey's going to swing by on Monday. Still working on what we got going on for Tuesday. Uh, we'll also have Sean on on Wednesday as well. Mike Nugent will be back next Thursday too. So, uh, And Regime Seabrook, who could not make it today because he was sick, he will be back in the saddle next Friday as well. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore. You can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.